0: Welcome to Bold Becoming, Identity Retooled. This podcast is where we explore the landscape of the immensity of landmines that exist for people who've lost their sense of identity, who've been shaken to the core and are relearning who they are now that a part of them is lost. It's stories of how people manage this struggle, regain their footing, and the gifts they've discovered along the way. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, Crystal Laura hello how are you today i'm fine thanks today we have crystal laura cruz on bold becoming and she's gonna tell i guess a couple of an overcoming identity loss stories right yes ma'am well like like you were a cheerleader and then you ended up in a wheelchair with cancer or were those two separate incidents those were two separate incidents yes in the middle of my NFL okay.
1: career, I ended up in a wheelchair. Yeah, and then cancer, uh, 2019.
0: That's really recent. Wow. And it's 2022, and you're here. Yay! Yes. And then we have another, um, another identity transition. I don't know if it was identity loss, but military to civilian. So let's just jump in and you can tell your stories however you'd like and i tend to interrupt a lot to sort of like go deeper in the identity instead of the just the sequencing of events part Do you know Absolutely. what i mean
1: yeah so i think um it- Thank you, first of all, for having me, and for I'm super excited for you to share your book and your gifts of um, that's coming out this year. I'm super excited and just honored to be on this journey with you. So, thank you for having me. First of all, um, as you mentioned, we have a cu- I've had a couple identity crises shifts, if you will, or growth opportunities, mm-hmm. of which I like to call them. I think the most impactful one that I'd love to share with you uh, today. I know that you know, we only have so much time, and we, there's a lot to unpack in each of these uh, opportunities for growth. And I think the one that I'd like to talk about today is really the transition uh, from my military career, uh, from a full-time pres- p- position to a part-time, and then eventually trying to retire. And um, it's been a journey for me, for sure. I have been in the military for over 20 years. I joined uh, right after 9-11 with a friend mm-hmm. of mine, and we kind of grew up, went through our undergrad together, and we were part-time in the Air National Guard. Um, and then we went through our undergrad, and then I- like what's kinda- the International Guard? It's the Air National Guard. It's a oh, reserve air, component. Air, not okay, not
0: international. Yes.
1: And it's Got a it. common, common thing. A lot of people say international. It's actually Air National Guard. It's a reserve component of the active duty air force. So we work one weekend a month and two weeks throughout the year. And do you know how to fly airplanes? No, that's another oh, common question. Darn. But what I do is my I am the brains and I help leaders. Be better leaders through developing themselves with emotional intelligence, understanding their temperament, their communication styles, their leadership styles. And so- Can we vote um, you in for
0: president of the country?
1: Not quite yet. I'm not sure I'm there yet. Uh, The commander in chief is is a pretty big undertaking. I'm trying to change the world here one conversation at a time. So (laughs) who knows? You never know. So anyways, I started my career part-time. And then I once the stuff I was a licensed
0: broker for HSBC. So, so wait, so oh. like so you started part-time. You're already like super young, it looks like on this video. So mm-hmm. how old were you when you started and were were you in college or yes, nine years? How did, how did you make the decision to start? Because it was, you know, everybody has their own way into the military.
1: Yeah. So initially, um, so like I said, I joined right after 9-11. I joined May of 2002 and 9-11 was my first uh, semester of college. And I paid, you know, my whole life savings for my freshman year of college. (laughs) And, um, you know, I wasn't doing very well. And my friend and I, um, we saw the towers you know, collapse. And Mm -hmm. we had connected with a couple other friends that had joined and told us about the educational benefits and the, just the patriotism that was happening, um, the volunteerism and the communities coming together. And so uh, we ended up joining together in May of 2002, and we both went to college uh, full-time and we both worked part-time jobs and, and we were uh, working part-time in the military. And then I graduated my undergrad and that's when I was an NFL cheerleader. Thank you. And so anyways, I was climbing the corporate ladder. Wait, wait, how did,
0: how did you fit in college and military and NFL cheerleader? It was a challenge. I went from one to the other. I worked. I was
1: in school full time during the day, and then I would on my off days um, or my afternoons I would serve at a local restaurant, and then I would go right to uh, my practices for from like six to ten p.m. Yeah, so it was a lot, but anyways, after that's a whole nother story. Okay. <laughs> um, but my my corporate job after my undergrad was a licensed broker for HSBC. And then when the stock market crashed in 2008, I they were pulling people into the elevators by our last names. So anyways, I was like I called my recruiter with the Air Force. I was like, hey, you have full-time opportunities out there, right? Um, I need I'm gonna need a job soon. So anyways, I, I tr- converted and transferred into a full-time opportunity for almost nine years. Hmm. And throughout that experience, I was, you know, I served in several different capacities, several different jobs, from um, HR to training and development to computer engineering to recruiting, and then I was a career counselor and a coach. And it just was, it was a wild ride. And throughout that experience, I did a lot of volunteerism, and then I met the man of my dreams, who is also in the military, and he, uh, he told me when we first met that eventually we're going to get orders and he's going to have to move again. And so we grew, you know, together very quickly. And, and before we knew it, we had two months notice and we had to move away. And at that time I was, I was active full-time in the military for almost Move away together or move away from each other? Move away together. Um, so we made a decision as a as a couple that um, you know we got married before we left, and then within six months we I moved away from my career, my friends, my family, everything I knew to move away with him for his position. And so that was probably the most impactful identity shift um, that changed the trajectory of my life, my business. And what life looks like today as a, as an entrepreneur and as a digital nomad. So I have had to grow through that process as an identity shift to be able to build what I have now as a global brand for my business. Um, and I've built multiple companies and I help others too. Now I, I help other people build their businesses and build their brand identity and their confidence and their position on camera, and, you know, how they show up both physically, mentally, spiritually. Um, So I really take a holistic approach to help people and leaders elevate their voice. And so that's kind of been a beautiful and very challenging uh, experience and journey. So I think that would be, I think, probably the one that I'd like to focus on. To answer your question, especially today, um, as we go into 2023, we have so many, uh, many of us are like, we want a new me. Mm
0: -hmm. We want
1: the next level, right? Mm -hmm. 2023, it's like, it's going to be a whole new person as we turn that page. And I truly believe that, you know, we still have a week left and there's still a lot of work to do and, and it's going to be a next level, stronger version of us. Um, that carries all of the identities and all the experiences and all the growth in 2022 and several years prior, because we're, we're carrying this big load, right? And so I'm excited for what's to happen in 2023. Um, so I'm going to pause there. I'd love to, you know,
0: ask, ask any questions from there. Yeah, well, it's, um, you know, any day's an opportunity to level up. And I know that at the end of the year, is when people generally like really think more deeply about it. Some some of us think about it every single day, and then some people, I think the mass vast majority. This is the time of year, December, January, when people are really like evaluating, you know, am, am I? Is, is my life adding up to what I want it to be? And if not, what am I going to do about it? And, and most of us, I mean, all of even. People, real high achievers, there's always higher levels to achieve. And we're never happy. <laughs> yeah. And one of the, um, so my coaching teacher, Brendan Burchard, he says that for the high achievers who've like succeeded in their career and succeeded in their health, then then it's like focusing on relationships because there's like relationships can always use more and more and more absolutely Absolutely. but anyway let's let's hear this more about what happened to your identity like so you know what I love about finding out on, on I'm sorry I'm so stuttering today um stories about identity losses the unexpected part and like when the rugs pulled out from under you and so can you talk and then, you know, I'm, I'm particularly interested in like a career, like retirement and then going into something new and or you retire and then you think everything's like you got it all figured out. And then all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, I'm, I don't have this figured out at all. Yeah. And that was the hardest
1: part. I think no one prepares you. I mean, there's no, I mean, now we have books and YouTube and uh, podcasts like this to be able to say, Hey, this could happen if you're in a season of change, or you have this big life event that is happening in front of you, or maybe it just happened. Um, I know for me, five years ago, when I moved away, I wasn't prepared for that. And thankfully, we talk about relationships. My husband had gone through that. He mm. had gone through a separation um, from his military career for a year and a half, almost, I think almost, almost two years. And he missed it so much, that identity and that the, the camaraderie that he had. So like, he realized he knew what I was going to go through. And so he supported me through that. And I think that's so important as we go through seasons of change is having a community of people that can support you as you, as you grow through this and know that it is going to be an emotional journey. And so I had no clue, right? I was like, I got this. I have an MBA. So side note, I went through my master's uh, after that, Um, but I had an MBA. I had, you know, what, almost 16 years military service. And I was, a, am a high achiever, I'm um, a senior leader in the military, which is very difficult to do as a female. And I was like, I got this. I've been in HR, I have all these certifications. I was like, I'll have no problem. So we moved to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And I was still commuting back to Niagara Falls, New York for my military career once a month. So I needed to leave Thursday or Friday of, um you know, every three weeks, and I would have to come back on Monday, or sometimes Tuesday of the, the, you know, over that weekend. And so what I found was applying for positions, not only did I face discrimination from people saying like, oh, you're too rigid, you've been in the military for over, you know, for this long, we're different, we're HR, we're, you know, and then I've heard it all. You're gonna to be too rigid. What do you? I only know what's gonna be on what what they see on television. You're gonna get deployed. You're gonna leave us again. Um, so I heard it all, and then they. So I had a lot of closed doors, and um, I took things off my resume because they're like, oh, you're overqualified, mm-hmm. and. So what I ended up doing was I saw I, I went on LinkedIn. Thank God for LinkedIn; it has been incredible. It's been a game changer as I transitioned through that uh, through that experience. There so was wait, a woman. Wait, you...
0: uh, let me just get the um, fill in a few of the the um, parts of this, just so I have it straight. So you you met and married your husband. He knew he was going to get moved. And so then you both moved, and you were still part time or full time in the military by now. I ended up going from part uh, from full time down to part time. Oh, so then you first you went from part time to full time, and now you went full time down to part time. And so now you're now you're doing this long distance thing of going to work in Niagara Falls, and then you decide that you're done. And then that's when the discrimination around getting employed happened?
1: Well, no, because I had I had to find a full-time job, right? So at that time, I didn't have my business. I thought at, in that identity shift from being a military leader, senior leader, and having a partner that is also a, a military member, senior leader, for both of us growing our military careers... We made a decision as a couple for me to go down to part-time, so I needed to find a full-time career and what we call a military spouse, and that's an identity in itself where a lot of military spouses will take their career and they have to be mobile, and sometimes their career takes a back, goes on the back burner and takes a pause sometimes, or they never go back. Um, to their careers because they have to move around so often. So my identity went So paint, from, so
0: paint the... paint. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, and I, and I would love to paint that picture for you. So if you would imagine highly decorated, senior, very yeah. successful senior leader to... Wait, but what does shadows. senior
0: leader look like? Those words, you know, they're just words to me.
1: Yeah, so a senior what, what, leader... Who is, um, so in the military, like we grow through the ranks, right? So there's certain time in a certain position and then time in your promotion, um, in your promotion rank, where you develop further on in your leadership capabilities and your self-development. So it really is no longer in a, I, I was no longer in a tactical position, you know, working on things, or, you know, I'm really in a leadership and a mentorship role. So really basically think of it as like a CEO of a company, Mm -hmm. right? And so when you think of that type of uh, notoriety and that type of leadership uh, responsibility to go to really applying for $15 an hour job, and they're saying, no, you don't qualify. We don't understand, you know, your the leadership mentality in the military. So a lot of times, a lot of military members have this problem because they don't, we have our own language and our own culture in the military. It's very hard to translate that to what we call the civilian life, right? So it's a challenge where we're we're also servant leaders as well. So when you think about um we it's we basically say service before self, so we're not always used to selling ourselves. So when you think about an identity, you strip that um, that leadership title and the rank structure and the the notoriety and the and the leadership credibility, and then you start basically from scratch and and then take away your family, your friends, your network, and you have to start fresh in a whole new city where you know nobody it it was a it was a rude awakening
0: um
1: and so i found a coach on linkedin uh and before and before
0: my- before the solution go a little bit more into what that rude awakening felt like what it looked like what you you know what your fears were those kind of things yeah so uh,
1: it, it it was it was like it was all over the place with my emotions, to be honest, because of course I met the man of my dreams, literally the man of my dreams. And he's amazing. And I'm still married to him. He's, he actually just picked up dinner and walked in. He is an incredible man, right? And so he was so supportive through that process. But also, he saw the grief, the grief I went through grieving, and I didn't understand it at the time. And so I was grieving my the loss of my family, the loss of my friends, the loss of the, the leadership in the, the, the high performance,
0: your, your, your role, status, status role. Exactly. And everything that came with it.
1: Yes. And the paycheck, I went from getting a full-time paycheck, getting paid on the first and the 15th to nothing. Well, I mean, well, yeah, it was nothing because I had to pay to travel to Niagara. So not only that, I couldn't get a full-time job. So I was working on part-time income, barely scraping by. So I had to, I had severe, you know, money problems. And then my self-worth went down. And then I felt like I wasn't contributing to the family. Of course, I was grieving. I was going through all these emotions. I w- And he was just so, so wonderful and so patient, and so kind. So I was like, while we're starting this life and I, I love being in this beautiful relationship, but everything else was crumbling.
0: So what did it look like? What, your self-worth from A to B? Cause that, that is the identity loss right there. Yeah. I
1: didn't know who I was. And then, you know, when I, and it wasn't until I started my business where I was like, oh, I'm a military spouse, but I'm like, okay, I'm, a, I'm just a military spouse right I'm no longer the veteran or the military member in the relationship so I already don't look like your typical soldier right so my husband does he was airborne infantry he is six one bodybuilder you know he's got tattoos across cross rifles he screams army right and so people always say like hey thanks for your service and I'm like and they're like oh honey it must be so hard on me. And he has to remind them, like, hey, she serves along with me too. And so I'm always in the shadows. And I and it was more prevalent during that time period as well. Because moving to a new city, people are like, Oh, what do you do? Right. It's first question, question, right? What do you do? And I'm and- like, I, I moved here. I'm a military spouse. I don't have a job yet. Like boom 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 boom. I don't have a paycheck. I'm not worthy. All the stories, right?
0: I I had that when I lost my social work career overnight from taking hand notes handwriting and I went from being answering the question, what do you do? Oh, I'm a social worker. And people are like, oh, you know, that's so great. Well, most people think social workers are great unless it's child protective service or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> um, which is not what I did. And I was and, and then I and then I went off on disability and of course is invisible. And, you know, I people would ask, what did what do you do? And I would tell them I'm on disability And then they'd look at me and they'd like, well, you don't look disabled to me. And, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, then it just like gets into all of this story and, and they, you just like end up justifying yourself and trying to help people figure out something that they actually never can figure out. So I, I, for like a number of big long, long number of years, I just eliminated the word disability from. For my vocabulary because it just caused way too many problems. And now I'm starting to say to it's like this, this is it, you know. But it, it's really hard. I mean, it's still it's like horrible not to be able to answer that question and have people actually understand what you're saying. Yes. And I find that too,
1: as you know, if I even bring up the military, if I say, Oh, I'm in the military. That whole conversation gets totally taken over and no, and they'll never know that I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, by the way, I'm a professional athlete and a coach and a consultant and all these other things that, or fun fact, I was, you know, I think you shared with you, I was an NFL cheerleader, right? If I say, if people introduce me, she's a, she's crystal, she's a entrepreneur and she's an NFL cheerleader. That's the only thing people hear. And in their mind, I don't have brain. I might be a stripper. I'm, you know, all of these things that they have no idea that I have all of these other things, parts to me. And that's what drives me into the work of diversity, equity, inclusion and ac- inclusion and accessibility is that there's many layers to us. And what we see, we make judgments based on the 10% in which we see and we hear. And I want, I want us to do better, exactly
0: yeah so let's go back to your story where i interrupted you that you you went in like so you were here you are now like how do i answer this what do you do question and how that impacted your self-esteem at the same time as you're trying to like have this you know blooming love relationship growing that's sort of but but again at least your husband knew to anticipate that you were gonna go through this which is huge. Yes and he was so patient and so
1: kind and I mean it was our honeymoon, our honeymoon phase like literally in the first year right you know and we we had we bought two houses we you know we we were just and I started building communities I I just, well prior to that I I was like, what can I do because I spent a long time really feeling sorry for myself. And then I'm like all right what can I do with what I've got
0: and that is that what the did what did question. what can I do with what I've got that's for sure now what did feeling sorry for yourself look like uh, um crying
1: every single day um in the fetal position it was uh, taking jobs that I didn't that I wasn't I, I didn't feel passionate about just because I needed to I needed to earn a paycheck. Um, I got taken advantage of. Um, there's been so many, oh, I could tell you stories for days. Um, I literally was trying to fill a gap that didn't have, that I had no passion, right? And so that was probably re- just, it was, it was icky. <laughs> and that's the only way I could describe it. Like it was just painful. It was painful. And I think in, it was almost 10 months that we were there in that first year. I think I counted more days that I didn't cry than I
0: did. That's some serious identity loss. And and, and grieving your, what you lost, yeah. Yeah. and did you did you go for any professional help therapy or anything?
1: So fun fact, my next door neighbor, um so we don't I didn't, wasn't seeing their seeking therapy at that time, but my next door neighbor was a therapist. God works in very mysterious ways. so <laughs> we became really good friends and we're still friends to this day and we've done some business together as well. but uh, I found through my part-time position in the military i was learning to be a coach and a facilitator and a mentor and a diversity equity inclusion facilitator it was a lot of psychology Mm -hmm. so i found i started to learn a lot about my brain and my body through that through that work and so her and i would have these conversations and i would ask her i was like okay well What does this mean? And so we ended up talking as friends, you know, I was never her client per se, but just really as friends, she helped me understand the break. She was a huge integral role. And once I started my business, she was my first paid client. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. It's just such a, it was such a, a very challenging time, but also so much beauty came out of that. And now looking back, like, it's just cool. It brings a smile to my face because it, it just gives me hope. And I, and I pray that it gives other people hope too, that you never know who you're going to meet or what is going, what life is going to be thrown at you. If you are not in the fetal position and you're open for opportunity,
0: like you never know. And, and it's okay to be in the fetal position. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It's okay to be devastated.
1: Yep, But at one point you have to say, okay, enough's enough. We can't stay in that forever. And for me, I I feel like just like when my mentors told me, I said, when, when it's, when it's time for you to retire, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel that nudge. And it's going to, that voice is going to get louder and say, okay, it's time. Hey, Crystal, knock, knock. It's time. And that time came. And so that to me, those, those intuitive nudges of hey, if I'm going through tough stuff, it could be a day, it could be two days, it could be weeks. There's something in you that says, all right, knock, knock, it's time. Enough's enough. Let's roll up the sleeves. Let's let's pick it up, you know? And I don't know if that's in everyone. I don't know if that's a learned skill, but uh, at least that's what
0: keeps me going because
1: I know that that's always a part of the process.
0: Well, intuition is in everyone and it's chapter two of my book, I can't wait. creativity my book is masters of change and for about like identity loss when the rugs pulled out from under you and um it's creativity intuition and expectations management that's chapter two and and that is that is it is that we all have these our our intuition is always there. It's like to what I think of as our, my soul. That's my soul wisdom. And it speaks and it gives us freedom of choice. So we either can pay attention to it or not. It can't rule us. Mm. And a lot of our thinking is this other more judgmental, critical stuff that we learn, you know, growing up from other people about who we are and what we should do. That conflicts with this inner knowing of ourselves, and so this is so. Um, anyway, l- let me let me ask you: How did you how did you trust your intuition? Because I think that's what a lot of people do. Like, let me just say one: like I just had this happen to me yesterday. So I, you know, I like to I like to rescue people. I'm a social worker. I was a social worker you can't rescue people and but i still i still you know i don't like to see people suffer and so i had this big idea to help this friend of mine and it was going to be i'm not going to go into the whole thing but it was like not a good idea and so and i knew it was not a good idea but i had this other side of me just saying you know this is like this, if 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 all the things that i know could go wrong didn't go wrong this would be really beautiful And so there was the intuition that knew, you know, all these things that could go wrong. But there's other side of me that was like, well, if that didn't happen. And so then I I smartly called this friend of mine yesterday and told him my idea. And he's just like looking at me, like raising his eyebrows. And then he's, he's like, you're crazy. I was like, thank you. Thank you. I already knew that. I just needed, you know to hear it from someone else. So that's the thing is that we, we have these, this inner voice that's, that knows what's right for us in that moment. Yes. And we over, we overwrite it. So how did you very often? So how did you like get really trusting with this into intuition?
1: Uh, well, I spent a lot of time alone. Um, so that, that is, you know, I got to know myself under pressure and my voice and all the, all the voices mm-hmm. um, that, you know, that creep up. So, you know, I'm a marathon runner, so there's a lot of, a lot of running here. And so I spend a lot of time with my thoughts and so I'm able to catch it. And especially as a, as an athlete, there's, you know, my brand is cruise beyond limits, the limits that other people place for you and the limits that we place on ourselves between their our ears. Right. So I've just been conditioned and obviously studying psychology and studying human behavior. I learned that the trauma that I went through, the traumas is several, um, the things that I've been able to grow through, I developed a recipe and I I I backwards planned and then I started to understand why I was acting the way I was why I was responding the way that I was why um certain relationships worked and others didn't and what the time period and the the external factors that were playing in and, and and then all the voices so like I I'm a data collector before I make decisions right so my husband sometimes doesn't like my analysis paralysis. I've been getting better, but I collected data and I just started to understand each situation and what was happening in my body. I'm just so aware of the feelings, the my nervous system, the nutrition, the, the mindset, and the, how it all works together. And being an athlete, and especially in a performer, you have to be so in tune. And I've been in a solo position, like, you know, how you say position? Um, as a performer, I didn't have a voice. As an athlete, I didn't need my voice, right? So I'm running, I'm only dealing with what's inside my ear, in between my ears. And so really getting to know like, hey, I'm going after something, I have a mission, I have certain value sets and I know who I am to my core and what I'm working towards. I have to be unstoppable. So I have to move because my life depends on it. What do you mean? And, move? Um, so, well, I was in a wheelchair, so I had to move or else I would be still in that wheelchair wheelchair today. I, you know, I am setting goals to achieve you know, to run all six world marathon majors, only 8,000 people in the world have done it. I'm too short. I'm (laughs) like, I'm so close. Right. Uh, So I have to keep moving and I have to keep going. And especially with my business, I, I need to keep sharing the messages of hope and resilience And, um, and confidence and clarity in our mission and our values and who we are to the core so that we can help more people. And, you know, so for me, this is my mission. This is my life's purpose. So state your mission again. I am on a mission to empower every person on the planet, put themselves first for 34 minutes a day so they can reduce the overwhelm and stress and embrace the chaos of life. Mm. And being able to put ourselves first is so hard, especially as high performers, especially as servant leaders, especially as moms, especially as entrepreneurs. Whatever identity or roles we play, the role and the identity of ourselves always takes a back burner. Even the most successful it's so easy because we're so more we're more apt to do things for other people first and then worry come last, right And so I just think it's 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 a hard mission, but I think with one conversation at a time, sharing my 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 mess my messes um, and being able to help others, give them tangible tools, so that they can reduce the time in their in their fetal position in their identity crises to to move and shape and and really figure out who they are and where they want to go so they can start moving
0: we tend to like put everything else ahead of our own needs and i think even more so as women because pretty much taught most women growing up are I forget what the word is, but anyway, we conditioned. thank you, mm-hmm. we're conditioned towards that. And so it's time to. And, and that's what. OK, so this is what when we get in this identity loss and identity transition um, and forced identity transition where we didn't like sign up for it and and we sort of get our identity stripped down to the core as we're building it back up. Then we start to like come to terms with, I'm not going to settle. I'm not mm-hmm. going to live on autopilot. I and 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 so then we start to really find ways to put ourselves first. Exactly. I, I just I hear that over and over in every interview, almost every interview. And so that's yeah. one of the, that's one of the things is that like my son doesn't want to listen to these interviews because he says they're all depressing topics. Well, they, they start off depressing, but they don't end up depressing. People end up transforming and end up with this new version of themselves that they actually, like I'm not discounting the losses, but still people end up better off in many ways.
1: Yeah, notwithstanding
0: the losses that, you know, would have been, you know, in general, we wish hadn't happened. Right. And, but there's a theme
1: here, right? The people that you have on your show are speakers, they're messengers, they're vessels, so that we can give hope and inspiration to others to be able to share our story right? And share our message and share our gifts, because I I didn't sign up for any of the drama, any of the things that I've been through, but
0: I wouldn't change it for the world. Not one thing. I know. And that's what that's, that's, I wasn't going to say that, but that is what people say. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't. And I have clients that are former, that are cancer survivors as well. And, um, you know, that's one of the things that I help them shift through is like, hey, let's develop some tools because this is a part of us. It's a part of our new identity and are a different. It's just looks a little different. I help women that are postmenopausal that go through hysterectomies. Those are whole nother identity crises. Right. Um, so this is a real thing that people go through, but we don't talk about it enough. And no one's prepared for the, for living with it every day either. That's a whole nother conversation. But what I found is that everyone that I've talked to that has been through any identity shift, any crisis like this or any trauma that, they, um, that they've that they made it on the other side, they, they live to tell the story 100% of the time, right? Which is so inspirational that we have to go through the mess to get to be able to share the message. It's a part of our story. It's a chapter in our book. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I found as a theme, um, and this is what my book is about, is developing a set of a, a set of grounding techniques that we do every single day. So I start with gratitude. I start with a powerful uh, mantra and an I am statement. And how am I going to give myself some self-love today? And also, which relationships? Who do I need to reach out to? Who's impacting my life? So I've created a a journal where I'm able to, you're able to time block as well as start with the gratitude um, and then also reflect each day. So the 34 minutes, a lot of people ask, it's two minutes of intention and gratitude in the morning, 30 minutes of movement. So you So in the morning, you're like, okay, I'm scheduling my 30 minute appointment with myself, self because the brain keeps track of the times we show up for our own own appointments. And then in the evening, how did we do? What were our wins? How did we feel? Mm -hmm. What are we going to do differently tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Review. So those are the two minutes in the evening. So it can be that simple to be able to say like, Hey, one day at a time, just stronger than yesterday. And if we're doing this constant reflection it builds up just these these small habits over time, and so that's where you know we have to figure out what our recipe is. What's our recipe for resilience? How are we going to keep continuing to move and roll up our sleeves and say? What What
0: is your recipe for resilience, you personally? So me, it's it's my five C's. So my five core
1: competencies. So whenever you're stripped, you said it stripped down to the core. Right. So knowing who, what your value sets are, who you are to the core, how you're fueling it, nutrition, movement, sleep, hydration. Um, So that's your first.
0: And intention.
1: And intention. So um, really the core is where you are right now. So a current self-reflection. The second C is the next step. It's that next level. Right. And that's your confidence. So, your confidence is built by having intentions, daily intentions, and daily goal setting and forward momentum. So, really, that manifestation, if you will, or the saying out loud or journaling, right? So, that's step two. Step three is knowing what your non negotiables are, your daily habits, right? And then con- working on consistency. So, step one is core, step two is confidence, confidence in the clarity of who you are and where you're going and what you're put on this earth to do. Step three is consistent behaviors that align with both your core and your confident behavior, right? So who do you need to show up? How do you need to show up? So we need to consistently show up in that space. And then the fourth C is your community. So really being intentional in the community and the relationships that surround you. And then the fifth C is celebration. So, stopping to smell the roses, being being celebrating how far you've come, celebrating with other people that are it's, that are in your corner, that are in your circle, and then it's a rinse and repeat. It's Wait, like, and celebrating
0: it's, along the way, celebrating absolutely. the milestones, not waiting until this like future final, oh, yeah. you know, finish line.
1: Exactly, and I share this a lot. These marathons, there were years.
0: She's pointing to like 50 ribbons with medals behind her on the wall. <laughs> yes. I've run 26 full marathons and a 50 mile race.
1: And um, there were years that I ran seven, eight marathons in a year. And I just, I was like, okay, what's the next step? I need to get better. I need to get faster. I need to get stronger. And I never stopped to celebrate. And mm. I, I didn't honor that journey. And so now I I celebrate every, my husband and I, that's why he, he got us dinner. We're going to be celebrating. We actually closed down our property. Uh, we have a real estate company as well. So we have a lot to celebrate. Um, and we just did our year in review as a couple. Um, I do vision board workshops uh, for individuals, leaders, and couples. So we just did our 2022 year in review. And we accomplished 99% of everything that we set out this year because we wrote it down, because we mapped it out, and we went through this recipe. And so we're celebrating. And then next week, uh, we already did our vision board for 2023. But next week, I'm taking a a group of leaders uh, through their vision planning and uh, intentions for next year. So I'm going to be sharing this recipe for success. And I'm super excited. So
0: wow, that's that is super exciting. So real quick, before we finish up, can you give me three snapshots? identity pictures when you were at the top of your game as a military leader when you were at the bottom of your game with your in fetal position and and who you are right now
1: those are (laughs) three different women exactly okay so uh okay so I'm just going to be real because as a Female woman in the military uh, as a as a leader, right? That woman five years ago, went before I transitioned, I didn't know my true power. I didn't know that I had a voice. I was living in a position and in a world where I didn't I didn't know all of all that I know today. Let's just say that um, I was successful, but I was at a ceiling.
0: You were a leader, but you didn't know you had a voice. Yes. And that's a whole nother, a whole another segment.
1: I didn't find my voice until five years ago. And so I, it took that experience for everything to be stripped of me, to be able to rebuild my confidence and my new purpose my and this is like this is the next sphere of building a legacy and an empire right i'm i'm building a global brand that people quote me now like it's a I, i'm going to just share like from from the leader that was successful who i you know i was i i felt like i was I made it right in my military career. I was I was moving right along. I just got married. I was like, okay, I'm building this next life for it to all be taken from me. So I thought, um, really, I embraced the opportunity um, And I could have stayed. I could have worked at the local CVS down the street. I could have, you know, been just a military spouse and um, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but for me, I wanted more. Um, You were listening
0: to your inner voice. Exactly. Listening
1: and acting on. Right. And I needed to have purpose and I needed to tap into my values. I needed to tap into my mission of life, of that next step of my leadership. Right. So really it was like, okay, I've done this much for me. Now, what can I give back to the rest of the world? And that was what needed to happen. One of my first speeches, I ended up going through Toastmasters One of my first speeches was on molting as snakes, they molt and, and they molt their skin and they need to be like basically shed of all things in order to rebuild and grow. And that is essentially that process of molting of what I, and it was now that I'm talking about it, it and it was right around that same time where I was in it and I was very, I actually have the recording of it. I'll share it with you. But it was a really powerful speech that I was like, holy crap, this is what's happening. And I started to realize that this is part of the process of growth. And if you have a growth mindset and you have a purpose and you want to build a legacy or you want to build a business or you want to help people and do amazing work and and just and have a heart centered mission in life you got to go through some growth and you got to go through some of those pains. So I've been rebuilding that for the last five years. And the woman I am today, gosh, I can't wait to meet the woman next year. Cause I I'm going through <laughs> some more growth right now. And I just know that it's part of the, it's part of the recipe. And so bring now it. I'm like, I got this. Bring it
0: on, bring it bring on, it.
1: bring it. Because I've developed the tools, right? Right. And I have a supportive community to do it with. I know what my non-negotiables are. I know how I fuel my body. I know how to talk right to myself and not talk smack to myself um, and know to when to follow the intuition, who to go into business with, how when to take a break, when to pause and say, mm, I think I need to sleep on this decision, mm-hmm. when to celebrate. And it's just been a beautiful, a beautiful journey. And that's what it is, it's a journey. I'll never make it and I'll never be an expert. I'm just here as a lifetime learner.
0: I love that. Yes, lifetime learner. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, how can people, um, this has been so interesting and what, what do you sort of, in a nutshell, what do you offer people and how can they find you?
1: Yeah, great question. So I have my Crystal Clear Life Planner. So that's on Amazon. Um, it can be found on my website. So my website, the easiest way to get to know all the services and the different levels in which I can help people is through my website. It's crystaloracruz.com. com. It's K R Y S T A L O R E C R E W S. dot com. So my first and last name. com. That has all my offerings. I do have um, some amazing programs happening in 2023. I have a virtual group fitness program. I know many people want to level up their health and their wellness. I have a six-month whole life program that helps you through your identities, your relationships, your fitness, your nutrition, boundaries, all of the things. And I also host retreats in Costa Rica. So Um, Many ways to work with me. The best way is just let's have a conversation so that I can meet you where you're at and um, see which program and which community would be best for you.
0: And who is your ideal client? So,
1: mostly it's women, um, but I do work with men as well. Um, I do mostly group work. I only take one private client at a time because I really, you know, really pour into that private client. And um, so I'm booked with my private client until June. Um, but I have mostly group programs. So it's women typically ages 35 to 55, because those are the women that are going through a lot of shifts in their identity and uh, they need to have a holistic approach to their career, their fitness, their business, and their life and their relationships. And so that's typically kind of what you were saying is like, we've been conditioned I help women unlearn a lot of these things through the tools that I offer and the communities that I deliver. And we don't have to do it alone because these challenges are hard. And so I meet
0: people where they're at. That sounds absolutely wonderful. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Crystal Laura. And yeah, I think that's, do you have anything else you want to add?
1: No, I just want to, actually one thing I just want to challenge people, you know, obviously my brand is cruise beyond limits, just listen, listen to those intuitive nudges. And if you have limits or people or things or society that is getting in your way, start to really tap in and listen to those nudges and don't, don't shove them down and don't doubt yourself. If you have these nudges, you have these things, these, this passion and this drive inside of you go after it. You get to, you deserve it. We have one life. We have one shot and we have one opportunity to be able to live the life that we truly desire. And it is possible for you. So go after it and go cruise beyond limits is what I say. And it's not a a hokey slogan or a fad diet or a quick fix. It's a journey and it's a
0: lifestyle. And we don't have to wait till a mortality moment Exactly. To take on that type of determination and decision. Yes. And, and many times people don't know
1: their why yet. And that's okay. They don't have a moment where they're like, I don't know what my mission is. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I love to help people find clarity in doing that. I've helped so many women get out of toxic relationships, build businesses, get promote, go after the promotion that they dreamed of, that they never imagined, Buy their first house, apply for PhDs, write their books, go on stages. Like it is mind blowing. It's like watching a movie reel of the incredible shifts that happen. So yeah, it's, you don't have to have it all figured out, but if you're right, if you're in the right circle and you're with the right people and you have the right coach in your corner,
0: anything's possible. That's right. That is right. Well, thank you so much. And. This has been Julie Brown on Bold Becoming. Thank you. Hey there. The value that you got from this today, take it into your heart. Add value to it in your own life by putting it into practice and growing it to be part of your life, your daily habits, the takeaways that you got from this. Words and thoughts only take us so far. It's implementing on those words and thoughts that will change your life. Ideas are just ideas. Taking action on ideas is where growth happens, and freedom emerges from growth. Freedom from our past invisible binding. We're here to grow and release ourselves from our past constraints. With awareness, intention, and through taking action on new choices... We evolve. In this process, we exalt our pain and suffering into wisdom that empowers us. We all have the ability to transform and become that person we yearn to be. If today's episode added value to your life, please share it with others. And make sure to subscribe to Bold Becoming Identity Retooled. And if you might, Take a minute right now and leave a review so that others can find out about this podcast. If you'd like to contact me for one-on-one coaching or to get on the wait list for my Tough Stories workshop, send me an email and we'll be in touch. Be sure to check out our free Facebook group of Bold Becomers, the links in the show notes.